It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's Film Guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. What do you plan to do after the All-Star game to get better? Buy you a new jacket. film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoce, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which we'll update someday at... Someday filmsociology.tumblr.com voice you just heard is uh, Kobe Slagle prepared for the All-Star Weekend it is my favorite weekend in sports this is really not last week nope not the tournament nope not when the Colts are in the playoffs nope not when the Pacers are in the playoffs you have a good stretch between um, NFL division championship weekend um, and now they move the Pro Bowl up before the Super Bowl which I, mm-hmm. I don't really care about the Pro Bowl, but then you have the Super Bowl, and then, sorry, the big game, <laughs> the Super Bowl. We can say it's, it's and, what are you guys uh, going to do about it? And then NBA All-Star. Andre Drummond playing this weekend? I think he is. Well, then I'll care about that. That's about it. That's about, yeah, that's really <laughs> about it. So, all right, so... Uh, a little later on in the show, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is back with his first interview for 2016, Robert Irvine from Food Network. He is a part of All-Star Academy, which is happening, well, depending on when you're Continuing listening to this. Continuing in our All-Star theme. Yeah, uh, All-Star Academy, uh, Valentine's Day evening at 10 o'clock on Food Network, so we'll be talking about that, and movies, and of course, cooking and cinema, and uh, anyway, always good to have Robert on the show. Um and, and we have a Valentine's Day movies to talk about, thanks to The Onion, of all places. We will see if Kobe, how many of these films Kobe has watched. And if we have time... The Onion or The A.V. Club? Uh, the A.V. Club, which is which is an affiliate right. branch of The Onion. But mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. Uh, opening in theaters this weekend, um, Zoolander 2. Nope. Did you see the first one? Nope. Don't care. Don't really like Ben. Is Ben on? I would say is Ben on your yeah, list. Don't. don't oh boy, really this is like a him. list. This is a Kobe list heavy show this weekend. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I like film sociology, but sometimes it gets too listy. Listy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's opening. Uh, of course, a film that uh, I guess the the anti uh, romantic comedy um, how to live how to be single with uh, Stacy Studeville's not favorite actress Dakota Johnson. Um, that is also opening. Uh, but I do want to get to a couple of films before we get to the big film that's opening this weekend. Uh, probably the most 
anticipated non-Oscar film of the year so far. Granted, it's February. But um, I do want to start with the documentary, or not documentary, the foreign film, best foreign film nominee, uh, Son of Saul. Um, it's funny, Kobe and I were talking the last couple of weeks. As you know, we, we like to discuss sports on the film show sometimes, and we sometimes have a tone similar to uh, sports radio. In fact, I'm, I think we're going to try to incorporate some sports radio sound effects from time to time. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned for that. But not today, because you have a you have a Holocaust drama from Hungary called Son of Saul, and I don't really want to do noises with that. But it's uh, it's set in Auschwitz in 1944, and it's a very claustrophobic, in, in very intense picture. Uh, there there is a a, a, set, a section of uh, Jews that worked in the camps that worked for the Nazis. As far as informing, assisting, um, within the first ten minutes of the film, and and there was a moment, and I think people, it's a running joke when you look at the Academy Awards. Usually, there is a Holocaust film of some kind, whether it's a feature or a documentary, that is nominated because that tends to be a go-to subject. It's only because there are still stories to be told seventy years after the fact, and if you can find a new angle. Uh, on this particular dark point in world history, um, I think it's worth sharing. And and Son of Salt does that. There is a really unsettling opening scene of this character, Saul, uh, played really, uh, I hope I'm part of my Hungarian, even though I am Hungarian partially, uh, Giza Roeg, as he is helping inform people who just arrived uh, as they are stripping down and they're going to take their shower. And after they take their shower, they will be given tea and biscuits and whatnot. And then you see the Saul character gathering the clothes after the doors to uh, to the showers have shut and what follows after that. Um, The film, the the big chunk of the film is about a young child who is, uh, who, he wants to make sure it gets a proper Jewish burial, which is really hard to do under the uh, dominating circumstances, of course, at Auschwitz. Um, the film, like I said, is very claustrophobic. The director and writer, Laszlo Limas, has a lot of shots where you're looking over Saul's shoulder. Um, so you're, and, you're follow, and a lot of shots where you're following him going from indoors, outdoors, down these corridors, um, from one job to another, you know, not fun jobs to say the least. It is a, it's a very unsettling film. It's really well done. I, yeah, it's not a date film, and I know we kind of goof around on this show quite a bit. Um, but this is this is the front runner, I think, for uh, the best foreign film Oscar, and rightly so. I mean, it is it, again, it is very intense. Maybe not the date film for this weekend, but uh, definitely, I think it's definitely worth checking out. And it now is that was a good movie. a lot more than that, as good as the subject can be. So um, flipping sides, switching dials. Yes, I, I mixed those up. Um, the Michael Moore documentary, Where to Invade Next. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Moore, I, I admit. Um, this is one where he goes to different countries uh, to quote unquote invade, and it's to for him, of course, is to show off what benefits you can get as a human being in places like Finland, in Germany, yeah. Italy. Um, you know, whether it's healthcare, paid vacations, um, work detail, education, crime. Um, it's 
it's a one-note concept because this country has this and it's better than ours. This country has this and it's better than ours. Uh, when a film and, a, and especially documentary, when you if it, when a film makes you want to go and do research about whether the material is whether the information given out in the film is correct or not, or in the case of this. Um, it makes you go and find out, well, okay, Finland has this to offer, but what, what are some of the setbacks to living in Finland or living in Italy? Then I think the film does its job. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you don't agree with Moore and you want to find out how wrong he is and you want to call BS on some of his stuff, if he makes you go and do the homework, any filmmaker, then I think mission accomplished on that film. So um, it's fun. It's amusing. Um, it does make you think about some of the stuff that is and isn't available here in the States. So... Uh, and uh, he, he's got a light touch for the most part. I mean, we do we do get into the, especially the second half of the film um, where we do have uh, parallels that are brought up about slavery and what are what is that happening in the country in our country today. So also we're checking out, I think. Now, that was a good movie. Now we get to somebody that's on Kobe's list and his big film is opening today. Deadpool. Mm. Not interested? No. No? Wasn't there a Deadpool movie a couple years ago? No, there was a Deadpool character that was... I know I'm thinking of Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, you're thinking of Daredevil. You're thinking of Ben Affleck. No, this is... um, I'm going to try... Here's my attempt, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be the more challenging task than trying to recommend a Michael Moore documentary and a Holocaust drama. The fact that it's a Ryan Reynolds movie and it's actually good. Not Hmm. great. Not... It is... What this film does, and of course, it's based on the uh, the Marvel character who apparently start who started as a villain and then became a hero. It's an R rated. It's also an art film. It's not an art film. <laughs> now you do that. We just talked about Son of Saul and Where to Invade Next, and now you do that. Mm-hmm. See, that's what that's what Kobe does. Um, it's fine. Anyway, he plays this uh, character in a kind of red spandex Superman-looking outfit. If, you, if, if Superman were a Watchman, I think that's kind of how Daredevil looks. And it talks about how he he becomes this character due to uh, uh, a mad scientist uh, mad scientist experiment, and then what he has to do to seek revenge, rescue his his girl, and set things right. It's uh, nonlinear storytelling, not quite of a Tarantino esque manner. Um, it's R rated for a reason. It's very violent, um, very grown up humor, and. Uh, Right off the bat with this film, I saw it Friday night or Thursday night, I should say, at ten o'clock. Good time to see this, as opposed to my usual Friday morning screenings. Um, the opening shot is these extreme close-ups of uh, a, f- a freeze frame of an a, a scene during uh, a middle of an action sequence, and so there's moments of what looks like a wedgie scene and then a gun and <laughs> action sequence, you know, things. action sequence. Wedgies, guns. Well, well, what Deadpool <laughs> kind of does as a character is besides, you know, besides shooting the bad guys and beating them up, humiliating them a little bit. But there's also a moment as the car is in upside down in midair, but there's also, they CG'd a copy of people magazine with the sexiest man alive cover recipient being Ryan Reynolds. Um, during the credits, some of the credits at the opening credits at the beginning, when they're introducing, you know, how they go through the actors and the technicians, such credits as a hot chick, a gratuitous cameo. The director is listed as an overpaid tool, a British villain. And my, of course, my personal favorite, the screenwriter, the real hero of the film. (laughs) So, um, obviously doesn't take itself seriously, pokes fun at the superhero movies that have already happened. 
Um, and and Reynolds's character, Dared, uh, Deadpool, not only makes fun of the X Men franchise, which of course uh, Deadpool is an, was an off branch of, and and takes a few jabs at Hugh Jackman's expense, but also the fact that he failed as as Green Lantern a few years back. Uh, but I think the film takes the stuff that we don't like about Ryan Reynolds, the kind of Van Wilder college mm-hmm. smarmy good-looking D-bag persona. Mm-hmm. And and like Channing Tatum in several of his films, they take that energy and focus it in the right direction. <laughs> well, would you rather see Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street or the Step Up series? Or Dear John? 21 Jump Street. Okay. And and I think, Ryan, you would rather say, I think, I was hoping, Kobe, that you would like this. Although somebody at your house might think it's obnoxious. Mm. It's yeah, a I little, could see It's that. a little of on the obnoxious I saw side. the... Uh... I saw the red band trailer of this, and yeah, yeah, not not her cup of tea. No, but uh, but I think this this is more fun to watch Ryan Reynolds in than say Waiting or Van Wilder, um, or those films. I liked Waiting. You liked Waiting. I liked Waiting. Really, push the fish. It's about to turn. Well, Anthony Bourdain talks about that in The Big Short. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there there are three films of Reynolds that I really like. He's okay in The Proposal, but Buried, which is the um, the film that was sadly out around the same time as 127 Hours, where he's buried in a box underground, basically a one-man show. Um, his one uh, couple of scenes where he was a supporting character in Adventureland mm. with Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart. And actually, Kristen Stewart's good in this film, Stacy. Sorry. But he plays the uh, amusement park mechanic. He's also the yeah. local bar. I mean, and that's another example of taking the kind of smug persona we, we think Reynolds is. And right. and in this one, he's, he's him being the middle midtown-sized stud with his band and his looks and that sort of thing. And I think he's used really well in that. And he, he's able to take that sarcastic energy and use it really well as Deadpool. Um, you know, would it help to have a couple cocktails in you before watching it? It would. Um, so... <laughs> But there's, but that just, you know what? It enhances the experience. So, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, and, it, and it's one you don't need to know the other Marvel films, like like Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't need to f- watch all the other films in order to follow it or understand it. This is what I'm getting out of it. Okay, what are you getting out of it? it? It's a nice way to spend two hours in a movie theater that you won't wish you got back. Yes, there you go. Yes, it is. The action scenes are really kind of nondescript it's you know these kids and they're fast cutting and they're and they're guns that go pew pew <laughs> um you know i guess you you go for the action but you stay for the humor and the and the and you know what it is a body it's a body superhero movie <laughs> so there you go all right mr slagle uh uh-huh. what is happening at uh at your alma mater at indiana university later this afternoon from 19 19- 27 seventh heaven okay and uh oh see i should have i should have read this before now. oh did you read something that happened yesterday no oh uh looking at pronunciation here uh later tonight at seven mana kamana okay uh monday the 15th sweet grass from 2009 at 7 p.m hey man <laughs> and... are you listening to the allman brothers with sweet grass <laughs> um Tuesday the sixteenth, seven p.m. Uh, Leviathan, Leviathan, Leviathan. Okay, Leviathan, Leviathan. Let's call the whole thing off. Yep. Uh, 
Thursday the 18th, 45 years at 7 p.m. Oh. Next Friday the 19th at 7 p.m., 45 years. Great film. Uh, Charlotte Rampling is up for Best Actress uh, in in the Best Actress category. Great work with her and Tom Courtney with a, a marriage falling apart as you – it falls apart before your very eyes in a, in a span of a week or in the movie's case two hours. Definitely worth checking out. So, and then the IMA uh, Winter Night series yes. next Friday, the nineteenth. Next Friday is also Hawaiian Shirt Day, so start thinking about <laughs> Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Um, Boys in the Hood, ooh, pre-show activity, nineties trivia, and a hip hop DJ. Dude, you should do that. That'd be cool. Bring your percussion. I saw Boys in the Hood. Hey man, can I sit in? Can I sit in? Can I sit in with the DJ? You, you bring in your your congas <laughs> and your bongos. Uh, oh, I just happen to have these. Yeah. Um, th- by the way, I saw Boys in the Hood. I saw Menace of Society, and I saw Do the Right Thing, and I was not brutalized. Everything's fine. What else you got over there? Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Drive-ins uh, still on. Because because it's the middle of February. Yeah. Hard hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, do you want to go to the drive-in in mid-February? Uh. <laughs> what are they showing? The Revenant? <laughs> so, um, or or is it called Dirty Movie? <laughs> no, it's Looks not. Dirty. Looks dirty. Apparently, our buddy Sam, uh, one of our, uh, I think it was Sam, or was it Nick, that host, posted a picture. Apparently, there was a screening of The Revenant canceled because the air condition or because the heating went out. And somebody, of course, wrote, maybe that would add to the movie-watching experience since it's set in the cold. Oh. But, uh, yeah. And of course, the IMA did that last year with Fargo. Okay. Oh, yeah. Remember? It was outside. Oh, it was going to be outside this year, too. But, but, but too cold. There were high winds. Your your drink will spill. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. Um, what else you got over there? I got the I got the lineup for All-Star Saturday night. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell. Okay, what do you got? In the Verizon Slam Dunk, oh, Zach Levine will return to defend his championship. And his championship. <laughs> uh, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and of the Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond Thank you. will now, be in the dunk contest. Now, do you and Frank have your menu prepared? What snacks? Do you, I know <sighs> you have different snacks for different events. I don't know. You know, um, what, you, you know what you have? You have coffee and donuts because you'll be dunking the donuts no it no no, it's too late at night for donuts uh donuts are a pre-noon really yeah oh this is a thing oh yeah is this like the fudge oh yeah so at 1201 if i bite into a donut i'm a terrible person too late (laughs) too late my god nope can't do it can't do it love donuts love donuts great breakfast food can't eat it afternoon (laughs) won't do it my god (laughs) okay so there you go all right. Everybody loves a dunk contest. Uh, all right. Um, while we're on sports, since you brought up sports, I will go back to <laughs> sports and end the show. I will see your sports. No, la- of course, last week, watched the uh, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family was in rehearsal, so I got to enjoy it in private with pizza and beer. Ah. But I made a list of the movies trailers that aired during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, with the exception of Deadpool... And and yeah, the Ryan Reynolds interview or Ryan Reynolds commercial was was pretty amusing because I think all women wish uh, a neighborhood there was a, a neighborhood filled with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, here we go. Here's here's the list of Super Bowl trailers we had. We had Ten Cloverfield Lane. 
Okay. S- sequel to Cloverfield. John Goodman. I was in it. wondering, is that okay? Yeah, it's a sequel. Uh, the Jungle Book, a live action version, even though the animals have voices of famous actors, mm-hmm. including Bill Murray. Jason Bourne. Yeah. So apparently Matt Damon is done looking like Jeremy Renner. He's now looking like Matt Damon again. Um, the sec- A new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, a sequel to Independence Day, 20 years after the fact. X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, okay, there was a parody commercial involving the cast of uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the animated film uh, The Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. Which, which, by the way, of the uh, of the nine films that I already mentioned, Secret Life of Pets probably has the the biggest chance for me. You know what this big, you know what this chance list has for... in common? Me caring. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the thing. Um, I I was not a fan of Cloverfield, and even though I like John Goodman, and I'm sure he got a big check for doing this film, I don't care. Do you? No. No. Jungle Book. Mm. John Favreau's directing it. <laughs> yes, Tina. Uh, do we do we want an, another Jason Bourne film? No, I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure Mr. Damon is uh, built and ready to rock in that film. But this is the fifth because he did three, and then there was one with Renner, and now there's this. Um, I don't need to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I can Megan. I can Google image Megan Fox for free. Um. Did you see Independence Day when it? No. I saw it in the theater. What year was that? 1996. You were how old? I was nine. So you, well, if it well, if it was summer '96, so I was eight. Probably not in your wheel of uh, of events at that time. No. Um. Yeah, that's great. They got Bill Pullman and Judd Hirsch and Jeff Goldblum together. That's terrific. And the technology's better. And a Hemsworth. <laughs> and and a Hemsworth. And a Hemsworth. Throw in a Hemsworth. Throw him in we'll, there. We'll make a movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> X Men Apocalypse. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of. Uh, this is what the twelfth X Men movie. Oh, see, yeah. I, are they? St- they're still. They're making still. Those? Yeah. They're still making those because you have James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, and Jennifer Lawrence. So the the small money she's getting working with David O. Russell, she makes up for it by doing X Men. Um, I like the first Kung Fu Panda. Don't think I need two sequels to it. So, and then Secret Life of Pets, like I said, it's, it's, uh, you know, what, what, what pets do when humans aren't around. We know what yours does. He cooks, he <laughs> marinades, he tenderizes meat with his thumbless paws. <laughs> thumbless paws is like, you know, um, open chaps, <laughs> but, you know, assless chaps. They're like, really? That's, that's they are kind of open in general. So anyway, yeah, didn't, didn't, n- not a, no son of Saul. Or forty-five year trailers during the Super Bowl, Mm-mm. or the Revenant, kind of a, kind of a bummer. Wish there were Spotlight. Spotlight should have had a Super Bowl anyway. Know what they should have done? What they should have done? Sh- art House, <laughs> yeah, art obscure Art House. Roar, Roar should have had a trailer. Ah, See, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be that. Um, okay, couple titles on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Big big title, big title this week. Spectre. Oh, didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, you got to rent that. Mm-hmm. Kobe, we should rent that because then because then you'll be in your office chair doing your best Christoph Waltz. Yes, always fun. Um, not as good as Skyfall, but a lo- and I love Skyfall. 
Uh, don't don't play quarterback. I know it's my Herm <laughs> Edwards review. Love love Spectre. Love Spectre. Not as good as Skyfall. But but of course Skyfall has set the new bar for for Bond films and Spectre comes close, but still really really enjoyable. And yes, Christoph Waltz rules in Spectre. Um, Grandma, a really fine independent film with uh, Lily Tomlin as a as an aging aging lesbian literary professor who is helping her granddaughter uh, try to get money so she can ha- daughter can have an abort granddaughter can have an abortion. Uh, a film that Robert and I talked about on DVD and Blu-ray this week, 99 Homes, with Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon. It's a Faust story set in the land of flipping properties in southern Florida during the uh, 08 crisis. It's yeah, really good. I remember Garfield, about this. Garfield plays a guy who is who's kicked out of his house by Shannon, and uh, Garfield's character winds up working for Shannon, and it shows the... The uh, the ins and outs of what it takes to remove somebody from the premises and then what you do with that house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, a foul story. Really well done. And then a grown-up thriller, the Guillermo del Toro-directed Crimson Peak. Mm-mm. Not your thing? Nope. Nope. Even, nope. even though, it, even though it is, it's, a, it's a thriller, even though it has a real director and has real actors. Bianca wanted to see that. Did she? Mm-hmm. There is a little element of Lord and Lady BS in it mm-hmm. because, uh, and I, fi- I think I finally got it, Mia Wasikowska is the uh, lady, young lady, uh, young American who is swooned by Tom Hiddleston, who wouldn't, and uh, gets married and moves into his house in England with her really, with his really creepy si- sister played by Jessica Chastain. Nope. <laughs> So it, there is a little kind of because it is it is a great looking film. I mean, the costumes and set design are really nice. Um, there is a nice creepy element to when she moves into the house. Crimson Peak is he's also a, a brick uh, creator, so there's a lot of red clay. Not the Freddie Hubbard album, great album. Um, but there is a haunted house story, and then it becomes in an, an intentionally an intentional way a well done melodramatic thriller. Um, it does it does dip into horror territory with chases and knives at the end, but it's Guillermo del Toro who really wanted to make, I believe, a beautifully shot uh, period piece that looks good and can can have some unnerving moments. And so I just like kind of like his Valentine to the monster movies with Pacific Rim. I think he does this with the English costume thrillers. Um, in in this film, so and I'm I'm glad I checked it out. I wish I got to see it on a big screen. Now so that was a good movie. So this this might be the scary movie for Bianca. She she really wanted. To she see it. okay. Well, you can tell her, or else I'll tell her. Um, new on DVD and uh, new on Blu-ray this week. Uh, the by Criterion, the Swedish epics, the Immigrants and the New Land with Maximilian Schell, or not Maximilian Schell, Max von Sydow and Liv Ullmann. And you know you want this on Blu-ray. Sheba Baby. Oh, still have your copy. Yeah, you need to watch that. So, <laughs> But now it's on Blu-ray, so Pam Greer can be much clearer. Yep, you need that. We do need that. Okay, since it is, uh, it's not only uh, Valentine's Day weekend, Friday the 12th was Mrs. Sosie's birthday. Oh. So happy birthday to my wife, Lynn, and my daughter's show opened this weekend. Uh, the Onions AV Club did a list, they do this from time to time of pop culture, the best romantic comedies from A to Z. 
from the apartment to Zelig. So here's here's and a few of these they they go by letter of type the title of the the letter of the of the title. So and there's a few runners up. For instance, starting with A from 1960, the apartment. You've not seen that. Oh. Jack Lemon, Shirley MacLaine, Fred <sighs> McMurray. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of a um, what? Hey, what's that what's one that movie? movie I'm thinking about? Yeah, that's great. I'm not a mind reader, so uh, that is their choice for the eight romantic comedy starting with A. It's their runner up. You've seen it, Annie Hall, from 1977. Um, their B, yes, we're doing the alphabet, folks. Uh, their B from 1938, of course, bringing up Baby, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. Um, C from 1931, Charlie Chaplin's City Lights. When he falls for the blind flower girl and wants to raise money to, for her to get her procedure. Their runner-up from 1992, The Cutting Edge. Never you, saw, no. you, it was 1992. Why would you? <laughs> uh, not, not, my, not my cup of tea. Um, D from 2011, uh, Don't Go Bre- the Hong Kong-based uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, which I didn't see. E from 2007, Enchanted. Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, Susan Sarandon. Really fun film. Emma was six when that came out, and it resonated, and a great performance from Amy Adams. F, of course, Four Weddings and a Funeral from 1994. You haven't seen that either? Nope. She has not inflicted that on you? Nope. Wow. Um, and then the the runner-up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jason's way and, too much Jason Siegel, yeah. especially in the opening scene. But I, yeah, and Russell Brand. That, that oh, that's right, he's on your list that too. Pretty much kills that for me, even though he has a supporting role. And it's Judd Apatow, so it's twenty minutes too long. It, it is Judd Apatow, <laughs> and it kind of was. Uh, G Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which I'm surprised you have not watched either. With uh, nope. the musical with Jane Russell and Marilyn Monroe, runner up, The Goodbye Girl from 1977. Love that. H, one of my favorite dark comedies, Harold and Maud. Where a twenty-something Bud Court falls in love with eighty-something Ruth Gordon. Uh, Runner-up High Fidelity, which I do like, even though even with the presence of Jack Black and the fact that they set it in Chicago instead of London. Um, I it happened one night with Clark Gable, again, and Claudette Colbert. Uh, I'm surprised Bianca has not inflicted that on you. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, Jay from 2005, Just Friends. They couldn't find another one. K, not another J title. K, knocked up. 20 minutes too long. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, L from 1941, The Lady Eve. M, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, psychotic romantic comedy. Never seen If it. normal looking people tried to do what Julia Roberts did, they would, it would, you would want oh, a restraining order. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, because yes, it's yes, Julia yes. Roberts and Del Moroni and, and Cameron Diaz. And it's got a light yeah, soundtrack. So yeah, its runner-up yeah. is Moonstruck, which I think is a far better film. Um, N, Never Been Kissed. 30-something Drew Barrymore goes back to high school, posing as a high school student. Oh, where she's the reporter. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. O, Overboard, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, I thought it was going to be Notebook for Never for in. Well, romantic comedies. I don't think there's a lot no. of not – not a lot of yucks ta- okay. in the notebook. <laughs> Uh, P, Punch Drunk Love, probably Adam Sandler's best performance in a film, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, because he's actually supposed to act as opposed to just let the camera roll and let him do a bunch of goofy stuff. Uh, the runner-up in the P section, Pretty in Pink from 1986, which I believe they are rescreening for the 30th anniversary at certain Fathom events, so go to Fathom for that. R, Roman Holiday. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn. 
Gregory Peck, Vespas. Um, S, Say Anything. Johnny, John Cusack, Johnny Cusack, holding up the boombox. Right. Uh, Runner-up, a uh, film that a lot of people have been praising, and I haven't seen it yet, uh, Sleeping With Other People. Jason Suzdekis and uh, Allison Brie. Um, T, Trouble in Paradise from 1932. Um, U, Under the Tuscan Sun with Diane Lane. You, I think you might like that. This is where she buys a house in, uh, in Tuscany in Italy and, and adapts to a new life after her old life not working well. V, Valley Girl from 1983, young Nicolas Cage. Uh, between uh, you know, two kids from the other side of the tracks, just one's a valley girl and the other's a punk. Or Hollywood incarnation of punk rocker in the early 80s. W, When Harry Met Sally. That's runner-up while you were sleeping. Sandra Bullock's big burst after speed. Um, oh, God. X. Care to guess what the X romantic comedy is? Hmm. The musical Xanadu. <laughs> that's a bad film. That's a stretch. And that's a stretch. <laughs> that's that's a yeah. That's um, why the Frank Frank Capra film you can't take it with you with Jimmy Stewart, and then finally Z from 1983 Woody Allen's Zelig. So a lot of fun there. So ladies and gentlemen, most of those titles might be worth checking out on this your. <laughs> But, Thanksgiving, but not, or Thanksgiving, your Valentine's them, Day weekend. Excluding Xanadu might be what? <laughs> just, I don't need just friends, and I don't need my best friend's wedding. So there's that. All right, um, couple other items. Even the AV Club can't get it all the time. They can't. You know, they're not all hits. They're not all. <laughs> you hit for average. You know. You just hope you're not Shaq at the free throw, free throw line. Um, this week in the Onion, uh, in the AV Club, in their new their weekly series, A History of Violence, from 19, the last year, last week was Bullet from 1968. This year, the 1969 masterpiece Western, The Wild Bunch. Ah, yeah. Great. And talked of, and, and a few notes. Really well-written piece uh, by Tom Brehan. Hope I'm saying that right. Um, but talks about how... Um, the Western was consumed with the American myth and establishing a sense of place and atmosphere. Its heroes were romantic manifest- manifestations of American self-image. And in action movies are built around set pieces, around bursts of violence, absurd and severe enough to push them beyond the bounds of the everyday. Or as the article says, the headline, one of the greatest Westerns ever also birthed the John Woo's shoot 'em up because the violence in this film and this is by 1969 standards mm-hmm. really shook a lot of people. So, not only that, but it's anti-heroes. I mean, we we yeah. you cuz you had John Wayne of course, and then with the spaghetti westerns, you had Clint Eastwood as the anti-hero, Franco Nero as well in uh in Django. And then you had the group with William Holden uh, William Holden, Ernest Borgnine, Ben Johnson, Warren Oates, and the, these are despicable characters, but they're the least despicable compared to everybody else that they go up against. And Peck and Paul love doing the stories of of aging guys with one last shot at glory. I need to watch that again. You do. I really like that one. I love that's that's uh, you know it's I think it's John Woo's or John Woo's Sam Peck and Paul's masterpiece, and worth checking out. All right, um, I think we're gonna go now. We haven't had a break at all because the show is chock full of film information. Um, one of our regular buddies here at uh, Film Sociology, Chef Robert Irvine of Food Network fame, he's got a program that's happening on Valentine's Day evening at 10 o'clock called All-Star Challenge. And uh, here's my chat with Robert Irvine. 
Joining me on Film Sociology is a guest who's all too familiar with the show, and he keeps coming back, and we really appreciate it. From Food Network, Robert Irvine. How are you, Chef? What's up, young man? <laughs> Younger than you. That's about it. No, uh, you have a... Oh! <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're taller and more dashing. I just have more hair. That's about it. Uh, my wife says that. Yeah. Uh, he's got a new challenge Sunday night, starting Sunday night at 10 o'clock, a great way to send Valentine's Day, but All-Star Academy is on. Tell, tell the folks about your new challenge on TV. Well, it's kind of an interesting <coughs> excuse me, show. Uh, it's just in the second season, but this year there's a lot of changes. Obviously, uh, myself, Alex Gernicelli, I Chef Gernicelli, uh, Curtis Stone, and um, Andrew Zimmern. Great friends, but during this... Um, uh, adversary, shall we say? Uh huh. And, and we have to teach um, home cooks how to cook in a very short amount of time, uh, competition style. The winner making fifty thousand dollars if they make it to the end. Uh, a lot of twists and turns in there. A lot of simple ingredients and uh, not a lot of time. And uh, I know this will be a slightly easier than your, your stint on Worst Cooks as far as people who know what to do around the kitchen. Uh, what kind of strategy uh, can you tell us that uh, you, you use to approach it with uh, All-Star Academy? Well, it's interesting because you really can't create a strategy. Um, it's simple. You have professors, guest professors that give the challenges, and you literally have five minutes to peruse a pantry, talk to the your 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 mentee, mentor, uh -huh. mentee, sorry, talk to them and say, well, I would do this. And bear in mind, you don't know the level of skill they have. And with a 30-minute challenge, five minutes to see what's in the pantry and come up with a dish. Um, it's intense, i got to tell you. It's probably is more intense to me than Iron Chef or Worst Cooks or even Chops. Wow. Uh, what do you... Because you can't taste the food. Oh, you're just, right. You're on a... On a uh, on a on a gantry or a, a platform, telling them what you think they should do. <laughs> now, do they st will they still have the thing where you, if they press the button, you can go down and help for like a minute? Yeah, we have a um, a minute um, save button, um, but uh, you know that's really not a lot of time when you're dealing with people. And over the you know the, the full course of the series, you get to know you, they get to know your style, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and. You, it's really about having them buy into to the foods that they like to create and what represents them, but with the techniques that you're teaching them. Mm -hmm. so, <coughs> what do you think you bring as a mentor compared to your competitors? Um, <laughs> what do I bring as a mentor? Uh, intensity. Um, sometimes fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of knowledge. You know, all the chefs have a lot of knowledge, and we're all different for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, we, all, we all come from different walks of life, and I think um, there's some great chefs, but at the end of the day, I have a very different take on food than they do. Right. Can you uh, can you give us a preview of some of the challenges we're going to be able to see on Sunday nights? Well, I can tell you the first one sure. is uh, a lunchbox um, that you would normally send your kids to, to school with. Uh, and in that lunchbox, the competitors have to create the best meal they can create. And I'm talking with a slice of ham, piece of cheese, et cetera, et cetera, and apple. Um, and at that point, it kind of takes a twist because instead of us picking the people or the contestants, the contestants actually pick their mentor. Oh. 
That's very cool. cool. All right. And there's a lot of things you do not see coming, including me saying that. Uh, you never know what's happening at that point in time. Excellent. And it runs how many weeks? It runs, I think, eight weeks <coughs> total. Say it again. I think it's eight weeks total. Okay, and that's uh, Sunday nights at ten o'clock Eastern on Food Network. Um, it's just—I think this is another competitive feather in your cap, Chef. Well, it's kind of interesting, and I really enjoyed working with—and uh, I mean this sincerely—Andrew Zimmerman, who's a true gentleman, uh, Alex, which I've worked with many, many times before, and Curtis, which uh, I've never worked with. So um, it was just a great group of people um, trying to make their their folks better. When you when you work with people that are about other people and not themselves, it makes a big difference. Then you, you go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, shifting gears a little bit, Robert? What does the rest of uh, 2016 look like for you? Oh, 2016 is crazy. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, just about five, I think, four episodes left in season 13 of Restaurant Impossible, and we'll see where that goes. Um, I've got, from a business standpoint, in April opening up the Pentagon restaurant. We've got a new restaurant going into Las Vegas. Uh, we are taking over an awful lot of stuff with the Army um, and Marines, um, bases, uh, gymnasiums. Uh, just an awful lot. The food line has gone crazy. Uh, we just launched a new flavor in the protein bars, Fit Elite and Fit Crunch uh, birthday cake. Um, and we're looking on, you know, lemon pound cake. Uh, bars and all these other things that we're doing. Wait, 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 uh, wait, wait line. a minute. Wait a minute. A, a birthday cake protein bar? Yes. And it's a uh, Fit Crunch protein bar is already out, but we're just about to launch uh, Fit Elite. In fact, Gail had the first ones this week that I let her try, um, and she loved them. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Um, <laughs> bearing in mind that Fit Crunch is, you know, the six layer bar, and Fit Elite is the um, 22 grams of protein, 15 grams of fiber, 2 grams of sugar. But tastes amazing. So a lot on the R&D stuff there. Um, April, we'll be doing the uh, Medal of Honor dinner with Darius and East in Walmart in uh, Bentonville. Big concert and dinner there to, to raise funds and awareness to the Medal of Honor Society. And uh, we'll probably do another six visits, USO tours this year. Uh, we are going to Iraq. Um, we'll be in Iraq. We'll be in Spain. And we will be in... Um, Syria. Um, so there's just a few of the things that are happening right now. Last week we were the 101st Airborne Division, um, working out and uh, feeding and uh, having a lot of fun. So you know, obviously the military is a huge part of what we do. This weekend just passed. Uh, we were guys in East at San Diego made the Medical Center feeding 7,000 people. And uh, last night I was doing an event here in California, which was... Um, for uh, Loma Linda Hospital, which is uh, a cancer hospital for kids. Uh, so they did a uh, flew in yesterday afternoon, then on a helicopter to the uh, hospital, went to visit all the kids that are under treatment right now, which is, you know, both heartbreaking and uh, uplifting at the same time. Changed, made smoothies, fresh fruit smoothies, and, and had some fun. And then last night, we uh, did a dinner with 1,100 people to raise money for that hospital. Excellent. So uh, a lot more of that, a lot more giving back. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that God puts me on the planet for a reason. That's the help of it. So that's what 2016, the rest of it looks like. Well, it's, it sounds like it's very busy now. I know you have 2016 all planned. Are you ready for Sunday? 
Am I ready for Sunday? Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of smack talk going on right now, but, you know, I've got the secret weapon. I've got Gail Kim in my corner. <laughs> so, and it's funny because Alex is Alex, uh, friendly to Gail, but when Gail talks about her husband, she gets scared. <laughs> well, I, I, I know you were talking about All-Star Academy. I was talking about Valentine's Day, husband. Oh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> I was talking about All-Star Academy. I know, I you know. know. Valentine's so... every day. If you, just, if you just saw Gail and I, I just posted a picture on Twitter. We had breakfast in the courtyard of the Mission Inn. You should check it out. I that will. Like, yeah, Valentine's every day. Yeah, no, that's good. Now, yeah, why save it for just one day out of the year? Um, but yeah. it's funny. People think that, you know... I, People say, I want to live one day in Robert Irvine's life. Um, you're more than welcome to live a day in my life, but you'll be working brothers for the rest of your life. <laughs> the downtime that we do get, Gail and I, um, is back to the gym. We're on our way to uh, L.A. right now. Gail's working tomorrow, so we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get a chance to get in the gym, and uh, then have dinner. Then she goes to work, and then we're ready eyeing out to uh, Philadelphia the next, uh, same day, actually. Oh wow! Well, my my yeah, wife's it's always go. My wife's birthday is February the twelfth, so it's double duty this weekend. Uh yes, very nice. So you make sure you breakfast in bed and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, well, I'll do my best breakfast wise. So I'll try not to text you if I'm in a kitchen crisis. So the Emma, the Emma cook breakfast. Yes, yeah, she's she's my, my, yeah my sous chef who occasionally takes charge from time to time. It, it, what do you mean occasionally? <laughs> all right, all I the know, time. I know who's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm the third. I'm the third smartest person in my house. I'm well aware of that. But but you you know as a dad, there are times when you have a strong, independent teenage child daughter until daddy needs the help open a jar or kill a bug that's in the room. Yes, I've got two of them. One's going to Annalise's University of Central Florida, studying pediatric uh, um, uh, speech pathology. And Talia, my 14-year-old, is uh, turned off 38 and wants to be, you know, like a dad. So, yes, <laughs> you're right. They're all tough until they need you to open something or they need you to buy something. Or laundry. <laughs> oh, laundry, yes. They love doing laundry. They've been doing laundry since they were kids, believe it or not. Wow. Something I... that uh, is believed in is, is teaching how to cook, teaching how to uh, clean, wash, mm-hmm. laundry, press the clothes, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, Emma. Emma can marinate. She can chop. Uh, we're working on the laundry and dishes skills. It's okay. It's a, it's all a process. <laughs> They'll all come one at a time. Exactly. All right. Switching gears a little bit. I know you're you've, you're you're on the road constantly, but have you been uh, been able to watch any movies lately? Since this is the film show, I just watched uh, on the plane. Burn. I watched another one. Um, what else did we watch? Then? Movies. Well, we, I've watched a lot of movies. I just can't remember the name. That's the scary thing. I did watch Burnt on the way here. Um, I'm uh, heavily into right now. Um, I watched the Black Mass, Ma- Black Mass uh, with Johnny Depp. I thought it was yep. really good. Yep. Oh, 99 Houses. Have you oh, seen that? yes. Yeah, really. I really like that. That's a. And then obviously. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Ninety Nine Houses just came out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, and I know you're you're you have you have ties with Florida, but yeah, it's a Faust story. If you said it instead of the devil, it's a gentleman who who flips houses and flips properties for a living. Yeah, I mean, duh. and it's so funny because then we watched the short, the big short, yep, the big short, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and not and you think of the big short and then 99 houses it kind of goes hand in hand <laughs> oh my gosh that's a double feature um, so um yeah you know dale and i and you know this because of your friends a long time we we pretty much only watch movies on our day off and work out and eat so um Well, it's funny you mentioned mentioned The Big Short. One of the smartest things about that film is the fact that they use those moments when it feels like it's going to be too complicated, and then they bring in somebody like Selena Gomez or Anthony Bourdain or Margot Robbie to explain the technical aspects of the finance world. Yeah, I thought the, the Bourdain piece was really good. Yeah. I didn't didn't expect that, to be honest with you. Right. Um, But I really like the premise of the movie because it's real. Anything that's real life, mm-hmm. you can, you can, or a real as Hollywood can get it. Let's put it that way. Right. I would say, how, um, how did, how, uh, how did Burnt capture it as far as uh, relationships in the kitchen? Um, I think they caught it pretty well. I just, you know, Bradley Cooper is an amazing actor, but I don't think he fit that role. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's so funny because I just watched that, and then obviously another three-star Michelin chef uh, committed suicide last week. Yeah. Um, and it and it kind of portrays that in the movie, that when he gets drunk and he thought the critics were there and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm so glad I don't live that life of, of waiting what people think of food, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they live and die by that. Yeah. Um, I think... And it, I think, yeah, the dynamics between the chef and everybody else in the kitchen, and I, I think they captured that pretty well. I mean, we've if you've watched enough cooking television, you've seen this character, and, and we can say who it may or may not be based out of. But, yeah, there there are some chefs yeah. that do kind of treat it like life or death. Yeah, uh, especially when the, the mixing stars are involved. Right. Um, it, it's like, the, the, remember, a lot, of, a lot of chefs in that level don't do what I do. They don't do. TV. They just focus on the best plate of food every day of their life. Um, that's what they live for. Um, I on the other hand believe in living for other things, and um, not there's any less uh, or any more. But um, yeah, the movie is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one, I, I, and I will not remember the name, but Cicero. Cicero. Oh, Sicario. Sicario. Yeah. See, I knew you would get it. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt. Yep. Gail's, I love Gail because Gail tells me everybody that's in it. I just watch the movies and like the story. And Gail's like, nope, that was Emily Blunt. That, that was such one. That's why she's such an awesome guy. Yes, she is. Not only for that, but. Well, among uh, other things, yeah. I like that one, too. Yeah, it was that that kind of the further she got into the investigation, the more complicated, the more, you know, the deeper in trouble everything became. But again, but again, here's the thing. And, the more realistic the movie is, or based on real life as much as it can be, and that you can see, mm-hmm. and that's that's the important part of movies. You know, uh, Hollywood takes a little bit of uh, you know. Hello. Classic. <laughs> uh, you're you're cutting out a little bit. Hold on. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, try. Um, say it again, please. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So. Um, Hollywood puts a little bit of, you know, the uh, the glitz and glamour in there, but as long as the story is relatable, we love we love those type of stories. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I, that's why I go to the movies. Gives me two hours of escapism from everything I'm doing. Um, and one of my all-time favorite movies was The Town. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. You know, because you can see that actually happen. You. Can, you, you happening 
you you can relate to those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I've watched that movie about two hundred fifty times. Then. It's you know, and and he captured he captures that world. That I mean, it's funny you're watching Black Mass because it's such a mixture of people. Um, you have a- actors from England and Australia, and of course the United States capturing that specific Boston world at that particular time. And the town does that as well. Yeah. What what movies? Is, I know because you send me movies to watch all the time. What have you watched lately? <laughs> well, I just it's funny. That my next question was going to be: Are you and Gail going to see Deadpool, which opens this weekend? Uh, we haven't planned to, because um, it's you know it's Ryan Reynolds and it's uh it's it's a kind of a it's an R-rated superhero movie. It kind of makes fun of the other superhero movies. Um, it is it is kind of over the top when it comes to its action. To its it's it's a fairly violent film, but it does poke fun of like Ryan Reynolds, of course. Uh, was in Green Lantern, and they make fun of the fact that that film didn't do well, and it's because it's 20th Century Fox. They have these kind of playful digs on X-Men and couple and a couple other films, but there's a lot of breaking of the fourth wall. I mean, there's a lot of Deadpool issuing, uh, addressing the camera. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a grown-up action movie if you're into the superhero films. Well, I like, I like that they break the fourth wall and they make fun of themselves. So, I do like that. I think the viewer wants to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've done in restaurant parts are the same type of thing. So, um, I should, I, well, we're going to look at that. Yeah, check into that. Let's we'll uh, look at that. Now. Yeah, that just opened this weekend. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, of course, I'm in Academy Awards mode because that's at the end of the month. We just got a film that opened in town last week that I loved called 45 Years with uh, Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtney. It's a, it's a very intimate but pretty intense drama about a, a long-time marriage that's falling apart. Now, I wouldn't recommend it for this weekend because it's Valentine's Day weekend, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it'll be married falling apart on Valentine's weekend. No, no not at all. But, you know, my favorite, my favorite film of last year, and it's still in theaters is a spotlight oh i've seen it loved it yep i loved it yeah speaking that's another one i've seen so i can tell you the the catholic priest yep yep oh Um, yeah love i love that um again relatable you know we can actually relate to that movie that's why it was a good movie Mm -hmm. i i also Uh, wonder have you seen uh, have you seen the revenant the Revenant? no i have not because uh, there, there are times watching that with DiCaprio. I mean, it, it feels like not so much a, an acting performance, but an endurance test. And you being the physical guy that you are, I'd, I'd love to see your take on it sometime. Oh, well, that's going to be on my list. I have on my phone The Martian. Yep. Um, ready to watch on a plane on the way home on Saturday. Um, but I will look at that. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, if you if you get a chance, the Revenant, and if it's still around, the Hateful Eight. If you can see those on a big screen, that's that's definitely worth checking yeah. out. Okay. So that's my uh, that's my next list then. That's why I'm here, among other things. Um, hey, we the, the show is now uh, my show is now on a new time, so I have to ask, what is your favorite brunch item? A favorite brunch item is probably um, I would have to say egg Benedict. Mm-hmm. But with smoked salmon. Oh yeah. Um, I always have the uh, the uh, sauce on the side so I can put a little bit on because I don't go crazy. Right. But I just think the smokiness of the salmon, the uh, creaminess of the egg yolk, little sauce uh, with the buttery, you know, I it just kind of. But here's the key to this: the muffin has to be really toasted well, mm-hmm. otherwise it gets soft and soggy. 
So I guess they, I know they're called English muffins here. Are they called anything else overseas, or are they available overseas? They're available overseas. We don't we don't um, call them anything different. Okay, just wondered. Um, oh, and I, I remember the last time we talked because I was I was at the time I was doing a play, the play uh, William Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. Did you ever figure out how to prepare Chiron and Demetrius? No. <laughs> just, just. Well, I did figure out how to jump out of a plane at 800 feet and still land at the end. I'll take your word. I'm going to take your word on that one. Uh, you got so, me there. <laughs> I tell you I what. I didn't get the thespian part, but I got, I got the the hardliner approach. I tell you what. I'll recite Shakespeare. You jump out of the planes. That'll that'll make a good film. <laughs> no, I can take it. You can do it. You know, you you want to jump out of a plane anytime. I got you. I adore you, sir, but I, I, I'm afraid it will be very messy and screamy on my part. No, screamy's okay because nobody can hear you when you're up there. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm my you land, that's the fun part. Oh, great. And it's funny because Gail, Gail said to me, uh, I, I don't want to do that. And all of a sudden when she did do it, she's like, well, that's nothing. <laughs> Skydiving. <laughs> that's nothing. That's easy. Um, well... I will again. I will take your word for that one, Chef. <laughs> All right, guys. I know you got a busy weekend ahead of you, but I really appreciate the time. Don't forget All Star Academy Saturday nights at ten o'clock Eastern on Food Network. Give my best to your ladies, sir, and I will be in touch one way or another. Uh, all right, appreciate it, Matt. And listen to all you listeners out there. Matt Sosky knows exactly what he's talking about. So listen up, otherwise I will find you. Wow, that's I. I will take things my family has never said for eight hundred, Robert. That was great. There you go. All right. All right. Hey, have, stay to you, buddy. Have a great weekend, just the wife and uh, and then I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. 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 That's Robert Irvine. I I misspoke before the interview. It's All Star Academy, Sunday nights at ten o'clock on Food Network. So that that's gonna be a fun Sunday evening. And as we learned from Robert, it's better for him to jump out of planes and me to recite Shakespeare. <laughs> he brought up the idea that I should jump out of a plane. That's that's not good. Not good at all. No. Is Robert really our friend or no? Yes, he's our friend. Of course he is. <laughs> you kidding? So anyway, um, always fun to have him on. We'll, we'll get him on again soon. And, of course, we'll get his lovely wife, Gail, on sometime because she's, she, she texts, yes, I got a text from Gail. I want to see Zoolander 2 because every woman we talk to sounds like this. <laughs> I'm, sh- a, I'm a female. I listen to Matt. <laughs> yeah. Kobe, we should watch that. So <laughs> Bianca probably probably wouldn't be a fan of the Wild Bunch. Probably especially, not. It would probably look opening, dirty. Oh, it's definitely dirty. It's a western. Yeah. How many clean westerns are there? <laughs> except for the except for the thirties heroes that have a white suit and they don't have a speck of dirt as they're riding through the, the terrain. Yeah, that's probably that's probably not her thing. Not her thing. Yeah, because that opening scene that and, and that's the other thing. If you look in some and John Woo films as well, they would have an opening action sequence that would normally be the climax of an action film. Which means the end is only going to get worse. Yeah, far. The far end of that worse. one is that's one for the ages. Yeah. So when we hit the numbers, because we want this uh, at film sociology, I want a giant framed photo of those four guys walking. Because that's, that's just cool. cinematic badassery. All right, I think we. I think it's time that we need words to live by. Silent breed is people. Zardoz has spoken. 
Go see a good movie. You deserve it. Kobe, have fun watching the uh, the All-Star Weekend. Let us know if Son of Saul or 45 Years or Where to Invade Next get trailers during on TNT. <laughs> so, anyway, stay warm out there, guys. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. We go. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Go Pistons.